Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Kelly is the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency in Phoenix, Arizona, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and the You Before Me campaign. She has a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. She was adopted when she was three days old. She was born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with her birth mother in 2007. Our goal with the Birth Mother Matters and Adoption podcast is to spread awareness and education about the beautiful choice that is adoption. Last week, we dedicated our podcast to learning about abortion across the world. And this week, I really want to bring it back home. I want to talk about abortion updates in the United States because we're at the end of 2021 and it's important that we take a look back at where we've gone during this year with regards to abortion, where we're headed, and really what's happening among individual states because states are taking a very individualized approach and some states are basing their laws on other states and other states' outcomes. So let's just jump into it. Well, the Supreme Court failed to heed the warning, which came from both the right and the left, and decided five to four this month to let stand that law to make getting an abortion in Texas almost impossible for most women. And it was crafted to prevent abortion rights advocates from obtaining an injunction to block it. The Texas law allows citizens to sue abortion providers and anyone who helps a woman to obtain an abortion after five to six weeks of pregnancy when many women don't even know that they're pregnant yet. Successful plaintiffs receive at least $10,000 if they prevail, and the defendants must pay their legal costs. Abortion providers have no way to block the law in court and cannot recover attorney's fees, even if the suit was clearly frivolous. So this is fascinating because I did not expect this particular law to stick. It is a strange law because it, it doesn't have a legal ramification. Like we said, it's it's more people saying, you know, suing individually, private citizens, right. because it's a civil case versus right. very strange. A criminal case. And yet it's it's doing something. Yeah. <laughs> the Supreme Court is kind of waiting to see. What happens in the cases that people bring to the uh, against these pro- abortion providers? Right. So, and in Ohio, Governor Mike DeWine signed another restriction on abortion access. This time, threatening two Southwest Ohio clinics and creating a felony charge for doctors who don't fill out certain paperwork. Hmm. I think reading between the lines, the goal, in my opinion, of this would be to put barriers and obstructions to abortion so that less and less providers want to have anything to do with abortion. They want to maybe funnel their business into other areas and so forth rather than abortion. Right. Kind of muddy Uh, the waters with red tape. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, This Republican governor, Mike DeWine, does have a record, though, of supporting legislation that adds barriers to people seeking abortions. In 2019, he signed the heartbeat bill which would have banned abortions as early as six weeks gestation. However, that law is currently on hold because of the federal lawsuit. 
So the latest proposal in this law is called the Born Alive Infant Protection Act, and uh, it says doctors would need to care for the health and life of an infant born alive after a botched abortion. Isn't that a no-brainer? Like, I mean, of course, of course they should. Right. As we're talking about the changes and what's happened over the past year, I found it very interesting that Amy Coney Barrett raised a point about the safe haven laws. The safe haven laws are stating that a woman can have a baby and some states have a 72-hour rule where the baby has to be safe havened in, in parentheticals, which means they have to take the baby to a designated safe haven location and leave the baby. No questions are asked of her, no legal repercussions. Some states have expanded that up to 30 days. Justice Barrett made the comments during a hearing on a Mississippi law that would ban most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy and possibly append the abortion rights established by the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision legalizing abortion throughout the United States and upheld by the court's 1992 ruling in Planned Parenthood versus Casey. What she stated was, why don't the safe haven laws take care of that problem? For people out there who don't have a wealth of knowledge or education on abortion, this is an alternative for people where they're not having to parent, they're not having to have the possibility of an open adoption Mm -hmm. or closed adoption, they're not involved with an adoption provider, they literally have the baby, place the baby in a safe haven location, and they walk away. Building Arizona families also will take these safe haven safe haven babies and put them into a, an adoptive home. And I know we've done that recently. How often do you yes. see that? All right, we are a safe haven location. That is correct. Mm-hmm. How often do you see that, though? We have not had any safe haven drop-offs. Our number here in Arizona for safe haven babies is growing, okay. which means that people are utilizing the law, which is fantastic. Because people who are choosing safe haven are almost unanimously choosing safe haven versus dropping the baby off in a dumpster or even uh, having an abortion. So it's a great alternative. Why this is so, oh, and in answer to your question, how often do we see that? Um, as an agency, we've never had a drop off. However, we place, I would say, probably one a year. There is a rotation um, of agencies and attorneys. Mm-hmm. that receive safe haven babies. So there's not just one agency, so forth, that would receive right. a baby. That's interesting. Thank you. Yes. In 2008, every state in the United States has adopted safe haven laws. So that is incredible. And since the safe haven laws were adopted nationwide, there has been a 13% lower overall infant homicide rate. The number of babies killed during the first day of life dropped by nearly 67%, according to the study. And that's shocking because that is shocking. This is not, we're not talking about an abortion where people can maybe justify in their minds that this is a clump of cells. This is literally a live baby. And it takes your breath away just knowing that it's that number has been reduced by 67 percent. Unbelievable. And the more people understand safe haven laws, the more women can can get more information on how they work. 
I know that uh, Safe Haven locations, you're able to identify one because there is a, they have their logo. And so mm-hmm. if you see their logo in a window, it'll say, this is a Safe Haven location. All they have to do is walk in and hand the baby to either a person, if, the, if that's how they receive it. I know that some hospitals have um, it's almost like a drop box where they pull out a drawer and they place the baby in the drawer and then they shut the drawer. Again, no questions are asked. They are, you know, some babies still have the umbilical cord uh, attached. They have a clamp, so they're not, you know, they're not bleeding out, which is mm-hmm. is, a, <laughs> is good. But it is something that if a woman has to go to that length to not parent, right. then safe haven is absolutely an amazing choice for her to make. Right. And it's like you said, complete anonymity, no questions asked. They just want to take care of the baby and put it in a home where the baby can, you know, be raised. And what's what's so amazing for women who are at that desperate place where they're choosing Safe Haven, mm-hmm. Safe Haven is very different than abandoning a baby at a hospital. Like let's say the baby is in the NICU and the mother just doesn't return. That's not a safe haven drop off. And so those babies are actually going into the Department of Economic Security. The state is taking custody of those babies. And so those like babies are not system. right. Okay. And so the difference with Safe Haven is that the mother makes the choice to place the baby into to a Safe Haven location. That baby gets to be adopted. That's mm-hmm. not a ward of the state. There is a huge difference between the two. And I think that that in 2022, I think we will have uh, more podcasts about Safe Haven. And I think that it would be interesting to talk to some adoptive families who have adopted a Safe Haven baby. In Phoenix, abortion right advocates are urging the United States Supreme Court Justice Elena Kagan to spurn a bid by Attorney General Mark Brnovich to let Arizona immediately begin enforcing a new restriction on the procedure the abortion procedure, despite a federal judge's ruling blocking the move. So in court filings by the lawyer representing the Center for Reproductive Rights, they told Kagan that there's no basis for the claim that the attorney general that Arizona will suffer irreparable harm if it can't make it a crime to block doctors from performing abortions in cases where women's reasons are a fetal genetic defect. So... I guess she pointed out that such procedures have been legal and practiced since Roe v. Wade in 73. So hanging in the balance is a statute Mm -hmm. approved earlier this year by a Republican-controlled Arizona legislature, which makes it a felony for medical providers to terminate a baby, so abort a baby, if they know that the reason that the mother is wanting an abortion only because of a genetic abnormality. This law carries a penalty for up to a year in prison for doctors. However, there's no penalty for the woman. Right. We've talked in the past how there are specific adoption agencies that if they know that the baby is going to be deaf, for instance, or they know that the baby is going to have Down syndrome, there are specific adoption agencies that will place that child in a home that is prepared for something like that. So I, I just wanted to point that out, because if people don't know, it's out there. You Just because you're not prepared doesn't mean somebody else isn't prepared to raise that child. And some adoptive families seek out if there's a child that is 
going to be deaf and they are a deaf family, maybe, you know, that's what they're looking for. They Mm -hmm. would have resources and the ability and education to help that child. So where there's a will, there's a way. We as a society need to step forward and stand for the most vulnerable, meaning the babies that do have genetic abnormalities. We as a society support the Special Olympics. We have uh, special education in our schools. We as a country are set up to help these individuals. They are part of our families, our communities, our schools. We want them here. We want them among us. And so this law would enable more of these babies to be born. Another Supreme Court case that uh, is going on actually this month, the Supreme Court is going to hear a pivotal case in Mississippi in which Mississippi will defend its law banning abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Their Republican attorney general is asking the court to overturn the 73 ruling that legalized abortion nationwide. Again, we've talked many times about how a lot of these states and attorneys general are trying to overturn Roe v. Wade. And again, it's not to make it illegal to have an abortion nationwide. It's to say, hey, the states have the right to choose this, you know, on a state by state basis. I think ultimately that may be the outcome, however, where it does overturn Roe v. Wade across Mm -hmm. the United States. But yes, this specific law that that is trying to be um, ruled upon is is not geared nationally. It's just geared towards Mississippi. Louisiana also has approved a similar ban, but it's not going to take effect before Mississippi law is decided in the Supreme Court. So, you know, there's good signs and bad signs across the nation and around the world, as we talked about last week. Speaking of Roe v. Wade, um, in March, Arkansas banned all abortions except in medical emergencies, making no exceptions in cases of rape or incest. And supporters of the law hope that it will uh, force the Supreme Court to revisit Roe v. Wade, too. So another, you know, step in the right direction for the pro-life side. So I think what we've learned over this past year is people are ready to take a stand. They're ready to make a change. They're ready to stand for what they believe in and what they want to happen for not only their generation, but for future generations. So I think that we as a community, a society, regardless of your beliefs, as we've said over and over again, the most important thing is to be educated and really understand what you're standing for. And I think that as we move into 2022, I think, again, we're going to see a lot of changes. I think that as we hear what some of these rulings are, what those outcomes are going to be, I think we're not only going to see changes within the United States, I think we're going to see them globally as well. I think we're going to see more changes in more countries. And so that's definitely something that we want to watch because all of these changes and all of these new laws and and stances that people are taking ultimately do affect adoption. And as members of the adoption community, it's important to know what's going on around us. So I hope that all of our listeners will continue to listen to us, follow us, and really understand that our goal is to provide education, regardless of your beliefs. But we want to make sure that you are well-rounded in what is actually happening, just 
rather than what you're hearing from certain people or other people. Listen to the whole story. I think anybody listening to the podcast can agree that adoption is a blessing and it's amazing for all sides of the triad. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and tell your friends about us. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.